Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're having ongoing digital discipleship conversations about when and where the kingdom and the culture collide. So Adam, what do you want to talk about tonight? So for those of you who are listening, DK and I go to Rescue Church. I'm a pastor here. He's a deacon. Him and his wife are intricately involved in the life of the church. And the reality is that God is moving. And so we're really thankful for what's happening. Uh, It's been a long time coming, but it's exciting. Last Sunday, someone got married at Sunday service. And it was a beautiful mess that flowed really well. And Steph did a great job coordinating it all. And uh, Deborah did an amazing job, like getting it all documented with film. And it, it was just a really special time. I, yeah. I think it honestly might have been one of my favorite days in the whole life of the church. If, if yeah. I could put three or four days, it would definitely maybe the top. I'm not exaggerating. I think that was my favorite wedding I've been to. And, and so I want to kind of draw on it because what, what it was ordered. Mm-hmm. And so there was a there was a level of order to it. But there was a beauty to it that it wasn't staged. So it was planned and there was order. It wasn't chaotic. Yeah, there was it, there was a like a itinerary of things that was going to get done. Yeah, yeah, there was things that were happening. Yeah. And but it was more like a family than an event. Explain. And so a family at the dinner table is a very unpredictable thing, especially when you throw children Mm -hmm. uh, in in that mix. And so anytime family is involved, there's a level of realness and rawness that could be really beautiful or messy. Yeah. Um, And and sometimes beauty is a mess and sometimes a mess is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so everything was planned well, but there was this this level of organicness and authenticity to it where it really didn't feel like a show. Yeah. Like Sunday night, family dinner, not the gala. Yes. Yeah. And it felt beautiful mm-hmm. and real. And so it made me think of when Isaiah talks about, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Uh, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So this is Isaiah 43, um, 18 and 19. So the first thing is like, forget about the old things. And some of the old things are good, but you can get so, so stuck on what is good that you can miss what is now and what is God now. Mm-hmm. And so um, the nature of new things is that they spring forth speedily. But there's a tension there because Chris Vallotton, the prophet of the house in Bethel, says that a, tw- a, a suddenly is usually like 20 years in the making. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a very fascinating comment. And so I think that the nature of a new thing is that it springs forth speedily and it is supernatural like 
a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Like there is definitely this level of supernatural provision and things are happening at a quicker pace, a pace that is not natural or normal. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that there's something to be said about that. But I also think on a practical note, there's also a level of preparation. And I'll, I'll use the example of, let's say, uh, Noah. Mm-hmm. Noah, for 120 years, looks like a complete idiot. He's building a humongous boat, and it's never rained before. And so by hearing from the Lord, he's way out ahead of a problem that nobody else knows is coming. Mm-hmm. And he looks crazy. And he looks irrelevant until suddenly it starts to rain. And so in just a short amount of time, something new really does spring forth. Mm -hmm. And it's like God kind of baptizes the earth, presses refresh and uh, restart on on the whole mission of redemption. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's a part of redemptive history where it's actually not just God judging the world, but it's actually also God saving the world because the world had become so corrupt that if it continued, it would fully destroy itself. Yeah. So he judged it in order to have mercy on it and in order to fulfill his covenant that through uh, the seed, you know, a son would spring forth. And so it's really like, to me, it's really profound that sometimes there's a lot of preparation that takes place for something new to come forth quickly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the idea is similar to when uh, the widow cries in Luke 18 and she's crying out day and night and then speedy justice comes forth. It's like, you know, shall God not avenge his own leg speedily? And it's like, you know, to us, it doesn't feel speedily, but to God, it's speedily. So there's even, even, there there's a difference in perception of timing but i think what i'm focusing on is that when god is moving there is he's not a god of chaos but when he moves it stirs things um and i think that that's that's something that we should really take note of and think about do you think it's it seems chaotic because it challenges our control so it's not really chaotic in God's eyes, but to us, it oh seems God is completely in charge. Yeah. yeah, so he's not he's not worried about it, yeah. um, or bent out of shape with it. Mm-hmm. But I think that what it comes down to is it's not really on God's side of the equation; mm-hmm. it's more on our perception right. of what right. is happening. Right. You know, God is in charge. God is good. He has good plans. He's given us a free will, mm-hmm. but God is also bigger than a free will in, in the sense of like God chooses Jonah and in God choosing Jonah, he takes his craziness, his prejudice and his disobedience into account in choosing Jonah and Jonah gets spit out of a fish to the Ninevites who worship Dagon, the fish God. <laughs> So God could have chose Amos or someone else who would have been like an obedient person, uh, you know, semi-functional and would have just went. But I mean, imagine you're going to a culture that worships a fish God and they find out that you were literally spit out of a fish. They're going to think that they're hearing from God. Yeah. The result was the this, this city repented. So in the beauty of a city repenting, mm-hmm. there's also 
like a storm that happens, a guy gets thrown overboard, a guy gets sucked into the belly of a fish for three days and three nights, and then Jesus uses that to interpret that scripture, and he interprets that scripture as, yeah, the Son of Man will be in the belly of the earth for three days. Like, it's it's really about Christ. It's but So God is really moving in a supernatural way, but there's there's kind of it's kind of messy i mean nobody signs up to be like swallowed by a fish and spit up three days later yeah you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but yet god is in charge god is sovereign god is good god has given a free will god is also bigger than a free will and i just think that when god moves i mean jonah wasn't even signing up for god to move Mm -hmm. and god moved he was he was rebelling against it. He was rebelling against mm-hmm. it, and yet God moved. And so, how much more when we just say yes, okay, like whatever you want, Lord. Like when we just kind of like embrace more of the Noah idea and just mm-hmm. say, okay, you want us to build something, we'll do it. Yeah, you know. And and I think that yeah, a city was saved, but God used Noah to save the world. Yeah. And, and so I think that the impact is even greater when we really participate with you know what what god has but when when god moves people are not always gonna like it or they're not always gonna experience it the same way they're not gonna fully embrace it and i think that that's something that we have to take into account and just move with god whether people are like yeah that's amazing or we're 100% in on it, or we're totally against it. Like, I want to be on God's side. Yeah. When, what you're talking about here it reminds me of even the life of Jesus. Yeah. When you say preparation, and then suddenly, Jesus yeah. was in preparation for 30, 30 years, years. And then his ministry suddenly. Suddenly. And God was moving. Jesus said, repent, the kingdom's here. And it got messy for people. It got messy for the Jews. Yeah, it yeah. got messy for anyone who did not want to participate. And it also got messy for those who did participate. I mean, yeah. some of them were yeah. killed. I mean, all of them were killed. Judas killed himself. But the rest of those guys were martyred except John. Yeah, The only one who lived is the guy who wasn't afraid to die. Mm-hmm. He showed up at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who outlasted everyone, including yeah. Paul. Yeah. Um, so that's it's always good to show up for other people. <laughs> Could it be possible when God moves and does a new thing that two people could discern God correctly, but it's different? I think that the assignment is different. And and so the, the perception of what God wants based on what is happening is different. But I think when it, when it comes down to it and when it comes down to the move of God and the move of the Spirit, it's really like, are we wheat or are we tear? like the wheat like you don't you don't know the difference between the wheat and the tear until the wind starts to blow yeah so when the sovereignty of the wind blows against the wheat and the tear the tears stand straight up and they're obstinate and they resist the wind Mm -hmm. but the wheat bow with the wind yeah so during harvest time when the wind begins to blow that's when you see those who are resistant to the move of god and those who want it. And you know, you you see this principle like this is this is like I mean people were divided over Jesus and Jesus is perfect. Mm-hmm. So we are not perfect and yeah. people might be divided about what is happening in our lives or in our the ministry or the church or 
just us as individuals. And I think that our job is not to convince people of who we are or what we are. I think our job is to follow Jesus and kind of like let the chips fall where they may, so to speak. And so I think that our heart's posture has to be like, okay, am I partnering with Jesus and am I encountering Jesus? Am I doing what he's asking me? And, you know, kind of like encountering Jesus also is actually disorienting. I mean, I'm, I'm reminded of the, the woman at the well. She she comes to the well and, you know, she's there at midday, which is the opposite time of normal people going to a well because it's so hot. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to avoid people and Jesus is going to places and people that others are avoiding. And she has an encounter with Jesus. He gives her this really detailed word of knowledge. She gets all messed up and she's disoriented and she came there for water and she went back into the city without the water pot. <laughs> and so there is a level of when you encounter the Lord, there is a level of disorienting. Mm-hmm. And there's also a level too of self-awareness. So it's a, that see even in itself right there, there's a tension because for example, Isaiah six, Isaiah sees the Lord and he's like, I'm a man of unclean lips. God never said one word mm. about Isaiah's sin or his lips. Yeah. But an encounter with the Lord was like a mirror yeah. into Isaiah, which means I cannot even have a healthy understanding of my own life and position in life if I don't have an encounter with the Lord. Yeah. And an encounter with the Lord helps me to become self-aware, but it's also disorienting. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's really interesting. I think that in an encounter, a true encounter with the Lord should make us willing to serve and to participate in with what the Lord is doing. 100%. And I think when God's moving and doing a new thing and you're wondering, am I the wheat or am I the tear? It's already too late. (laughs) It's the preparation season that you brought up. That's where you water and sow to, to, to make sure you are the wheat. Yeah. And what's really gracious about God is like, if we're paying attention and there's something in our lives where like it's prohibiting us from following Jesus the holy spirit is very persistent yeah so we have to really willfully and willingly and on purpose ignore and reject the still small voice of the holy spirit mm-hmm. To not become a part of the harvest. Yeah. So like you're not a parable. Right. Right. I'm not a parable. Yeah. Um, I'm a person and Jesus told that parable so that we would be able to see clearly. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we've got to remember is the Bible interprets the Bible and one of the purposes of parables are to help us see clearly. Mm-hmm. In the parables, there's always wise virgins, foolish virgins, We tear people that come to the wedding people don't all those stories and all those parables are to help us see that's why he uses contrast because contrast provides clarity Mm -hmm. so um you know the more you turn the contrast up remember the old tvs yeah the the more clear Mm -hmm. uh the picture would become and so i I think that what what we have to kind of get a hold of in our heart and in our mind is that God wants us to be able to see what he's doing so that we can participate with him, so that we can have willing hearts. 
and that's that's the work of the spirit in our life to get us to become christ-like and to get us to partner with what christ's doing and just because god is moving doesn't necessarily mean people are going to move with him yeah you know i think that that's like you see acts 2 the holy spirit shows up some people are glorifying god speaking in other tongues and some people are understanding exactly what's happening and other people are like these guys are drunk so peter as the apostolic leader who the scriptures are open to and who's responsible to speak about what god is doing he interprets the situation biblically and says okay this is what joel spoke about but he before he says what is happening he tells them what is not happening and he says these men are not drunk like you suppose yeah so he's able to be kind of like the the narrator of reality in discerning what is happening how can i participate with something if i don't know what is actually happening yeah and so now let's just say some people are like looking at this and they're going these guys are really drunk like this is crazy like but but now peter as an apostle as a set leader gives a biblical and reasonable explanation of what seems to be crazy and irreasonable now you have a choice to believe or reject you have a choice to participate or say no i'm going to be obstinate and i'm going to resist and i'm not going to and i'm going to mock and i'm not going to participate and and i think that we have to reconcile that when god moves it can be messy and when god moves it may not be exactly as we think or when we think or how we think but it's our job to discern what we're experiencing to know is this god yeah. or not because mm -hmm. i mean that was the first thing these men are not drunk like you suppose he you have to be able to clearly articulate what is god and what is not god yeah. so that people can participate or choose to not participate mm -hmm. and i think when you get into like you know the be transformed podcast the whole point of being transformed by the renewing of our mind is so that we'll be able to perceive what is the will of god so we can partner with that will yeah another thing we need to be careful of is not to assume the way God moved before is how he's going to do it again. Yeah. We can't expect it's going to be the same way. Oh, that, that's not how God moved before. It, it doesn't matter. God moves the way he wants to move. Yeah. And we got to be open. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like in Acts 10, when Peter preaches, they're speaking in tongues before they get saved. Yeah. I mean, it's like, th there's no grid for that. There's no, how does yeah, that happen? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. and then there's other times where, you know, the, the apostles, you know, they're preaching and then they, they, people don't receive the Holy Spirit until the apostles come and lay hands on them. It's like God can do what God wants to do. The only yeah. thing God said he won't do and can't do is lie. Mm -hmm. So that means that we can trust him whether we fully understand what's happening or not, but it is our job to discern mm -hmm. who is actually moving. Yeah. And, I, and I find that this is something that um, is really good. Something my pastor taught me, uh, David Greco, he said that the pure in heart will always see the hand of God in every situation. So, so the pure in heart are always looking for God, even in the midst of a situation where it looks as if he's absent. Yeah. But he's not. Mm -hmm. And so I, th I think that that is, um, that needs to be the desire of our heart kind of be watching and waiting for god so that we can be partnering with him 
and what he's doing. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK, Kim, and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.